This is Dream Chasers, episode 25, with Kyle Flynn. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Kyle Flynn. Kyle is an independent financial advisor with North Star Financial. He's originally from Highland Heights, Ohio, and went to Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. He now lives in the Canton neighborhood of Baltimore. Kyle, thank you for being on the show, and do you have any opening remarks for our listeners? Yeah, hey Adam, appreciate you having me on. No, uh, just looking forward to a good conversation, talk about some, uh, some good things professionally as well as personally. Great. So how long have you been in the financial advisory sector? Yeah, so I have been working with North Star as a financial advisor for just going on three years now. So I had uh, begun interning in January of 2015 in the second semester of my senior year and then had stayed on with a company from there beginning full-time in May and then getting all my licenses together to really be able to work with clients full-time in August 2015. So a little over three years uh, going on four here if you look at when I started my internship. Cool. I want to say real quick too, for anyone uh, listening, Kyle and I actually went to high school together. I think we were actually probably only there for about one year at the same time. You probably had some more uh, class time with Paul, my brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how we're connected. That's how we know each other. So we hope all of our NDCL, all of our Lion listeners are, are ready for a good, a good chat. Oh yeah, go Lions. When did you first realize, Kyle, that this was something that you wanted to take to the next level? I know you were at Johns Hopkins, which you know most people, I would say, you know, probably don't think that they're going to be going into financial advisory when they first enroll there. It's more of a medicine-focused school. So paint us the picture of that. When did you realize, hey, this is my thing? Yeah, well, and, uh, you're absolutely right. And that's what had drawn me to the university in the first place. So I had gone, had the opportunity to play football and while I was there, did study pre-medicine. And so I had spent all four years working in a public health major. You know, I'd spent the first summer there taking organic chemistry, the next summer doing the MCAT and getting ready for some applications. And at that point, you know, I along the way wasn't 100% certain on that the medical school route was right for me. But having you know, taking such a big step out of my comfort zone to go to school there with that in mind, as well as how much myself and my parents had invested in the venture. I wanted to make sure I saw it through. And after I had seen it through and finished my MCAT going into my senior year, I really wanted, because now I had the opportunity to go that route, see about opening up other opportunities. So that way I wasn't all in without lifting my head up. And so Two of my very close friends who I had played football with and then began working with, Jimmy Holder and Chris Ibrahim, they had told me to you know, come and try the company that they had been interning for. They explained that it, they worked in the medical division, and so it was very much so hands-on with physician clients who we would be helping them out with their finances. And they said, hey, you know, if you show up, you're personable, you work hard, and you know how to pick up a phone 120 times a day, then I bet, I bet you can make a little more money than you did at the rec center, and you'll get off campus, and it'll give you some other options. 
Yeah. So we thank you for picking up your phone for the 121st time today. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, it was always funny looking back and checking our dials with our phones because we had to self-report all the numbers. And meanwhile, the phones went through our headquarters. So you could see when people were slacking, they would be reporting high numbers when they weren't hitting. But I always made sure to hit that 120 or 121. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, tell us more about, about North Star Financial and what your first three years, what that experience has looked like and why you've become so passionate about it. Yeah. You know, when I walked in, you know, I really didn't know all too much. I know a lot about our clients and their career path because it was something I had been interested in myself, you know, had a chance to rotate through the hospital, get to know a handful of people. I actually eventually sat down with professionally, but when I walked in, you know, they basically saw me as a kind of a piece of Play-Doh that they could help mold into a financial advisor. And I was all in for it. The first thing that I had to learn to do, which sometimes I can have difficulty doing is just making sure to be teachable and coachable. And so I started off just kind of picking up the phone and dialing. And then from there, I was able to work my way up to being able to sit in on meetings. And then from there, as I got my series designations, was able to be a part of meetings and just slowly chipped away. You know, North Star, they do a great job. And one of their biggest focuses is on mentorship. And it's really very similar to any other job in which you're spending your time developing others. It can be difficult for our mentors to sustain their practice while reaching a very long and strong hand down to help pull some of us younger guys up. And so I was very fortunate to have two mentors in James Jaderborg and Sean McDuffie, who really made sure that they were going to show me the ropes, bring me along, coach me along because, you know, they saw some potential in me to do well at this profession and just wanted to make sure I understood what I was doing. And, you know, really am a kind of job taught, self-taught success where I've been able to chip away under some great leadership. Great. Are those guys uh, that you just mentioned, I think you said McDuffie and I can't remember the other guy. Who are they? What was their names? Oh yeah. James Jaderborg. He's the head of our Baltimore office. He was my mentor. You know, we structure it very similar to the medical profession actually. And so when we first start, we have to do three years of residency under a practicing advisor. And so James was my mentor and practicing advisor, if you will. And then uh, Sean McDuffie is the head of our division. He's the one that started our office here in Baltimore, also runs our one our one portion of the medical division. Cool. Yeah, I wanted to get them some name recognition. I'm hoping when you'll get to forward this interview to them after we're done. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and also, I, I want to give you a, a high five over the phone right now because I can hear that sounds like there's some uncontrollable noise in your area. I'm, I'm assuming it's probably not you, yet you stayed focused and you still answered the question despite whatever the heck is going on. So good job. Yeah, I do apologize. It seems like there may be some construction going on on the road outside, but I'll do my best to keep it working for you. <laughs> it's all good. And uh, it adds to the authenticity of the, of the interview <laughs> at the end of the day. What would you say are some of the some of the downsides that you've experienced in your industry and then what are the positives? Yeah, you know, I think the positives and negatives are similar. It's that, you know, what comes with being an entrepreneur, what comes with kind of running your own business and building your own brick. You know, the downside is that, you know, sometimes you don't always want to be in hunt and kill mode. And so, you know, always waking up, looking for that next piece of meat, looking for the next case that you can close, looking for the next person that you can sit down with. Sometimes it's exciting. And other times if things haven't gone your way or the way business naturally works, it can be tiring as well. And so I think sometimes just always being in hunt and kill mode can be tiring. That was the first obstacle I saw. What I've seen along the way as I've been able to get over that is 
where it's very easy to use success as a reason to rest on your laurels instead of using success as a motivation to keep working forward. And so very similar to a lot of other sectors, a lot of the work that I do today, I won't close business or have a client or be able to impact someone's life for another six months. And so it's really putting in work today so that I can make an income and provide in the future. Well, if I have a success in the present, it's easy to attribute that to current activity and then use that level instead of motivating myself to keep moving forward to kind of sit back and relax. And so that's one of the biggest items I've had to combat where it's easy to be motivated, at least through my time in athletics, by some of your failures. But it's sometimes easy to become complacent among some of your successes. And so that's where I think I've run into the biggest issues and where I've needed to spend a lot of time using coaches and identifying where I can improve in areas I see and haven't focused on or in areas that I haven't yet encountered. And I'm very fortunate to have people that have been able to guide me in the right direction as I approach them. Yeah, I really like how you touched on the hunt and kill switch and finding a balance between basically leaving that switch on and off and kind of where where to best position that mindset in order to achieve success. And I think mm-hmm. that's that I could I could definitely agree with that. There's been times where uh, personally, you know, just want to keep going and going and going. And after a while, it's like, wait, <laughs> like go hang out with your, your friends or your family, mm-hmm. like go, go do something else. You don't have to be working all the time. And yeah, that's a, uh, that's a universal challenge. So thank you for highlighting that. Yeah. You know, I remember at a conference I was at, you know, one of the workshops was making sure that you don't treat your personal relationships like clients. And, you know, a lot of times it's easy to fall prey to you have expectations of people you're working on in business and not being able to kind of have a separate personal relationship and, you know, understand how to properly treat those around you that are helping supporting you because it just all becomes mixed together. So, you know, I think having the ability to do that is a little more difficult than sometimes it seems. Definitely. So what industry leaders and role models are you inspired by? I know you already mentioned a few of your mentors and you know, guys that have made an impact getting you to where you're at. Is there anyone else you maybe haven't mentioned yet? Yeah, you know, those are the main two, as well as our CEO uh, at Deutschlander. You know, I do have the opportunity to interact with them as well as a lot of the other senior partners within our division because of a charity that we're all involved in. And so the majority of us are a part of an organization called Stop Alzheimer's Now that Sean McDuffie had founded. And so we have the opportunity either twice or three times a year where we go and we walk 50 to 100 miles in different cities spreading awareness. And as myself being one of the younger guys, it's also a phenomenal opportunity while I'm doing that to be able to pick the brains of some of these older guys who have been there, seen the challenges and done that. And so a lot of the people, you know, that I do look up to, you know, kind of proudly and saying, haven't you know, expanded beyond it somewhat is that people within my company because of the helping hands that they've passed down. You know, a lot of times too, in my business, it's being able to wake up, roll with the punches and keep moving forward. And so it's not as industry specific. You know, I got to attribute a lot of that, my ability to do that for my parents. And so I would say really the kind of core leaders within my company and then being able to fall back on the rock that is my parents are really those I look up to from a professional standpoint. Nice. Got to give mom and dad the the credit because, um, you know, without, <laughs> without their, their foundation, you know, where would we be? Absolutely. Where do you see yourself in three years? Where's Kyle Flynn going to be? What's he going to be doing in three years? Yeah, in three years, I see myself as the kind of go-to person for a couple of hospitals 
in the area, Baltimore and DC, when it comes to financial planning. So a lot of our work that we do is with the residents and fellows as they're swimming in student loan debt, don't have enough time to pick their head up because of how crazy their schedules are. And a lot of times it's a little daunting just to bring up the conversation because they feel so far behind the eight ball. And so developing trust and developing the name recognition just by word of mouth is really something that we strive towards and take some time to build relationships within different departments, within different mentorships. And so making myself available to all those different individuals to a point that, hey, you know, you're now in training at Johns Hopkins. You know, well, the guy that works with a lot of the pediatric residents is Kyle Flynn. You know, and having that so that not only am I able to impact a lot of people in a certain area, but now I'm able to focus my time on those meetings instead of spending a lot of time, energy, money, and teamwork into the marketing aspect of it. And so the more time I'm able to take away from being money and energy spent acquiring clients, the more energy I'm able to spend in sitting down with them. And so having that natural referral market while also being the kind of cornerstone at the different institutions would be where I see myself in the next three years, really in the mid-Atlantic area. I love it. Very focused and sounds like a, a roller coaster ride waiting to happen. Yeah. Looking a little scared, but looking forward to it. <laughs> what advice do you have for young entrepreneurs? You know, people looking to start their personal brand, their business, kind of, you know, walk into shoes that you've just walked recently. Yeah. You know, I think that the biggest thing for people that are trying to mark their own path, or even more so people that should be marking their own path, but haven't given themselves the opportunity, is it's very easy to identify the people who bury their heads in the sand and are too afraid to take the first step because of X, Y, or Z. What's I found much harder to identify, including within myself sometimes, is not the people who have their heads buried, but the people who are just moving forward in the same direction that everyone else is. You know, it's almost easier to get up and do what everyone else is because it seems like the standard versus just to stay home and not take the step forward. I notice so many people that are just moving in a direction because it's what their parents said. It's what society told them to do or it's what seemed like should have matched up with their major or any different reasons because they're too afraid to push the boundaries or impact change. You know, I think that you're a great example and that's why I appreciate the opportunity to kind of speak with you and get back from a networking standpoint, being able to pull yourself out of a situation. And take a look at it from a grand scheme of things and say, am I moving in the right direction that's going to help me as well as help the, help others around me in something I'm passionate about? And I think that that ability to take a step back from the situation, whether it's from a personal life standpoint, from a work life standpoint, from just an overall goal standpoint, is something that's very difficult. Something that from our interactions, I've always always thought and commended you upon. Something that I wish I could have done myself as I look back and said, could I have made this change earlier? Could I have started to impact my own life versus filling other roles sooner? Yeah. Wow. That, that's, um, that's the golden nugget, I think, so far of the entire <laughs> interview. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, um, I'm just trying to think the best way to validate what you just said, which is, yeah, I mean, um, you're right. There's a lot of people out there and when you kind of take a step back and you look at it, how everything's going just from a, a day-to-day perspective, who are, who are the ones that are kind of out there creating their dreams, chasing their dreams, and who are the ones that are following? Because you can very easily, and I think both of us were not necessarily almost victims, but almost fell into situations where we were about to be going through the motions. And since 
entering into this more entrepreneurial realm, I think we both found a lot of satisfaction and learned a lot about ourselves that we didn't know before. And so being able to spread that message to anyone, you don't even necessarily have to be an entrepreneur, but to just think outside of the box. Yeah, goal setting with that can be hard because, you know, for us, similarly, you know, academically, athletically, there were set goals that we wanted based on certain institutions or roles or positions or, and once we're past university level, once we're beyond college, there's no really set bar and we have to take the time and the difficult energy to set it for ourselves. I love it. Well, Kyle, we're almost done. We're going to get to the three fun, get to know Kyle Flynn type of questions. I hope you're ready. Absolutely. First question is, who is your favorite Nintendo character? The second one is, what is your favorite college memory? And we joked before we started, keep it PG if you can. Okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, we want something exciting, so whatever you got. Uh, and, uh, favorite teacher from NDCL? Okay. Favorite Nintendo character. I'm going to go with, it came a little later in life, so I guess I'm a crossover, but I'm going to go with King D2D. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just love the fact that he or she or it <laughs> basically swallows everyone in Smash Brothers and then just walks around with a massive mallet and hammer. So the ability just to suck people up whole and then smash them with a hammer, I think is one of the greatest talents of all Nintendo characters. So, and the ability to kind of fly based on just swallowing air. I always thought that would be pretty cool. <laughs> right. Nice. I like so, it. Yeah. Nintendo character that, you know, favorite memory from college. I'm going to have to go with senior year of football. You know, I had uh, taken a while to really see some playing time was behind a lot of great players and all Americans. And sometimes it was difficult to identify whether I could hack it or whether I was just behind some really great individuals and senior year being able to, you know, start and play a lot as I'm a successful team. And more so the fact that my parents were able to make it to nine out of my 10 games was really something special for me. And so I would say college wise from a PG standpoint, specifically, <laughs> it would be my senior year and being able to share that with my parents as a, Looking back at NDCL, I would have to go with my honors English lit teacher, Zeta Nific, who simply did not take my crap whatsoever. <laughs> and as someone who tried a little too hard to impress people as the class clown, I always respected the teacher that put me right back in my spot initially. So I got to go with Mrs. Nific. I'd, I'd have to say that's, that's pretty accurate. You know, I didn't get to know you too well during, during high school, but I know you were definitely outgoing guy. So I'm sure the class clown factor was was a was was there and um i never actually had nific either but that's cool i hope she gets to hear this yeah that would be really cool what do you have to say to your other your fellow class clowns out there yeah my fellow class clowns i know that a lot of uh them are doing well here back in cleveland you know would definitely kind of similar to yourself love to connect more with those outside of the area you know whether it be in the mid-atlantic similar to us or those who have kind of taken steps in other directions just because you know there's a lot of influence to be had and a lot of you know, great people we went to school with and so it's great seeing everyone when i'm back in town visiting family or for the holidays but would definitely love to stay in touch with those who have taken steps outside whichever way they've gone definitely couldn't agree more with that Kyle, is there any way that uh, the listeners can follow up with you after this call? Yeah. You know, if uh, anyone from a kind of financial planning standpoint has any questions, you know, my, if you just throw in my name, Kyle Flynn, and then type in North Star, it'll bring you right to my page, my bio, my team, some pictures. You will see Dan and Margie there, who I give shout out to, as well as my mentor. You know, from a personal standpoint, same thing. My email's there. That's what I'm always checking. And my cell and my direct is 
440-539-1461. Feel free to shoot me a text, whatever it may be. Love to chat. Thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you for joining us today. Adam, I appreciate it. All right. Well, we will catch you guys in the next episode. Remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level.